It's 1001 LA Nights. This is LA Rivers with you. And it is the first episode of 2020. We're still in season two. Um, Sorry for not finishing up good old Scroogey from Charles Dickens um, over Christmas. I just, a lot of life happened. And I could apologize profusely, but I'm not going to. Uh, Part of doing this podcast is it's a passion project. It's fun. And when life happens and when work happens, then it takes a back seat. My rating doesn't, however, and I'm going to talk about that in the third segment. But before we get to anything else, uh, in this episode, I'll be sharing with you a new short story. It features a, a friend of mine named Samson. He wanted me to write him into some stories. And he's a very interesting character. He's a Taiwanese-American uh, bro. Um, I never know what jerseys he'll be wearing. Um, he's kind of a gym rat, and he's also a shaman and an astrologer. And he is uh, he's my best friend. Um, and just a lot of fun. And, and so... I, he was like, you got to put me in one of your books. I'm like, totally, dude, you're a character. Uh, so Sam is in this book. Um, it, it, the story idea has been kind of banging around in my head about timelines and different realities and what it is to be human and what it is to be incorporeal. And uh, Vegas, of course, where I spent a week for a CES, um, kind of gave me a lot of fodder while I was walking around. Um, I'm, I'm not your typical Vegas goer, meaning I couldn't care less about the shows. I don't really drink. I don't, well, I do drink bourbon, but, and I had a couple bourbons while I was there, but I'm not hedonistic in the least. Um, I'm not a gambler. I'm not there to go hook up. I'm not, yeah. So I people watch. It's a great place to people watch. And some of these characters began to unfold. Like Samson's character has always kind of been existing and waiting to go into a story. But Jules, the character, that's the MC, began to form. And it's kind of um, interesting to watch it happen. This is just a little short vignette you know, about 2,000 words or so, I'll be um, working on maybe fleshing it out, making it a novel or, um, or novella, or just a bunch of short stories I tie together, which feels like a lot more fun. But anywho, uh, I hope you enjoy TikTok, and that's coming up in the next segment. Remember, this isn't an audiobook. Okay, I'm not doing professional recordings. I can, I'm able. I'm just reading you stories because I spent a lot of years as the story lady as my kids were growing up. And I used to read in uh, community venues for all ages. And it's just nice and cozy to have somebody read you a story. So I hope you enjoy TikTok. That's in the next segment. We say it every podcast, going to say it again. This is a cold reading. It means I'm just reading you a story. It's not an audiobook or audio drama. It's just you and me, comfy and cozy, and me reading you a story. Speaking of the story, this is a short story that I was inspired to write after a visit to Vegas, because Vegas just begs to create stories. 
without further ado, get comfy, get cozy, get something warm to drink, and let me read you a story. This time, it's called Tick Tock by L.A. Rivers. Something felt off. Sure, Vegas never felt on, but something was definitely off. I stopped in front of Hell's Kitchen, smirking at the irony. In Vegas, nothing and no one has to hide. Oh, it was Hell's Kitchen, all right. And that roast pork was grade A Vegas, all-you-can-eat, buffet-fed. Standing in front of the flames to warm up, I scanned the area. It wasn't like I felt an impending sense of doom or attack on the way. It's because I sensed the lack of one. Something was definitely off. Turning towards Caesar's Palace, I walked at a brisk pace. The air was dry as usual, but unseasonably frigid. Checking out the energy signatures of the stumbling masses, nothing but the usual popped up. A little depression here, a bit heavy on the addiction there, loneliness peaking at a firm six out of ten. You're losing your grip back, I muttered, amused. I felt his irritated response and a puff of icy wind against my cheek. Mentally, I flexed my wings and chuckled. He knew I wasn't here to stop his game. I don't save souls. I don't reap souls either. I don't do souls. I got bigger fish to fry, and according to my timeline finder, the fish fry was going down in 23 hours, 33 minutes, and 10 seconds in Los Angeles. And for some reason, I got dropped in Vegas. No biggie, except communication with my team was spotty. Not uncommon when we materialize. Metaphysical and corporeal incorporeal beings materializing comes with glitches. It's the only reason the end of the world keeps getting delayed, or at least that's the company line. The R&D department on the seventh plane kept trying to tweak human RNA for better reception. Things are remarkably improved today compared to 6,000 years ago. The experiment with what humans call indigo kids worked well enough that the ninth plane bosses allocated funding for rainbow and crystal editions. Rumor has it that the next batch coming out in 2025 will be even better models with enhanced telepathy and etheric cloaking built in. But for right now, I have my indigo model. It cramps my wings, and any human with half a gift of sight or high on shrooms can sense I'm something to steer clear of or accuse me of being some kind of demon. Anywho, I had time enough to get to Los Angeles before the event. Might as well head into Caesar's Palace, grab a drink, and see what Samson had to say, if I could reach him. While not half as opulent nor as hedonistic as the original Caesars, the casino is a great forum for taking the metaphysical pulse of the earthly tide. Tonight was no different. Drunk businessmen staggered past skinny, worn-out waitresses, couples meeting for illicit rendezvous oozed kink and betrayal. It was times like these I wondered why I volunteered for the Legion instead of soul-shepherding. I'd have been a top performer, easy to hit quotas, cushy benchmarks. Then I saw my buddy Barry at the bar. I sauntered over to where where Barry was seated, clutching an empty glass which recently held a double maker's mark neat no ice. He flinched when I tapped his arms. 
Oh, hey, Jules. In town for the event? He slurred. Yeah, heading to LA in the morning. Uh, What's got you in your cups? I asked as I motioned to the bartender to give us another round. For what? Barry's slurred speech surprised me. The event, you know, the one in LA, only been planning it for 1,233 years. I'll admit my tone was snarkier than necessary. Barry looked up with those soulful baby blues. They were bloodshot. He looked worn out, which was more than a little strange. Guardians were tough nuts. Dishevelment wasn't really their game regarding of a, regardless of what a wonderful life tried to tell you. Venue change, he whispered. Huh? They changed the venue. Somehow, there was a miscommunication between the third plane and the fifth plane, and there was a clash of cataclysmic events, so they moved the event to Vegas. Barry raised his empty glass, saluted me, and shook his head. Oh, come on. For real? I said impatiently. Barry just nodded and grabbed the fresh tumbler of bourbon quietly and took a deep swig. I did the same, then muttered, Fuck me. A barely cloaked succubus mouthed any time as she walked past. Rolling my eyes, I pulled the bar stool next to Barry's and sat sipping bourbon for a moment. I needed to collect myself. I pulled the device of last resort out of my pocket and tapped the screen. Oh, what are you going to do, Jules? Barry whispered in horror, texting Samson. I need intel, I retorted. Barry, why are you shit-faced? What happened? Rubbing his grizzled chin, Barry pouted, then blurted out, I have 3,333 charges in this timeline alone. Well, 444 showed up in Vegas at the same time. I lost seven souls by six this morning. Then they changed venues. So guess who got assigned the overflow? Me. Good old Barry. He looked at the watch on his right wrist. 236 gone. Poof. Lost. Oh, come on, Barry. It's Vegas. The odds are always in the house's favor, I reminded him. Yeah, but I lost them. Huh? I waited to read Samson's reply. Barry's gibberish was intriguing. Wait, lost? Or lost, lost? Poof, got lost. Barry downed the bourbon. Whoa. Yep. Barry took another long sip of bourbon and drained my glass. Poof. So it's not just a change of venue then? I said in a hushed voice. Barry raised his glass and motioned for the bartender as a response. The DLR buzzed in my hand, a yellow glow signaling Samson's reply. Looking at the screen, it said, GTFO. I stared at the message, not up to date with common slang. I had no idea what the acronym meant. I don't incorporate much. Last time was 50 years ago as I held the perimeter during the moon landing. I showed Barry the screen. What does this mean? Barry squinted his bloodshot eyes. 
get the fuck out, he snorted. Good advice. <clears throat> Turning to Barry, I grabbed him by the shirt and got him to a standing position. We're taking a walk. The snafu isn't right. We're getting out now. Barry, <clears throat> Barry's bulk was a strain on my human vehicle's muscles. For some reason, I'd been assigned a middle, a medium-build, middle-aged female model who obviously avoided the gym. Given the situation unfolding, I was beginning to su- suspect foul play. Dropping Barry to his feet, I grabbed his hand and led the stumbling drunk guardian past the poker tables and headed towards the marble lobby. As we hit the smooth floor, a wave of dizziness hit and the f- and I felt the floor bounce like an earthquake was starting. Come on, Barry, we got to get out now. I heaved on his arm, pulling us towards the exit. A gaggle of well-dressed 20-somethings wearing fur and shades entered through the revolving door just as I got us through the threshold and out into the still frigid air. A concussive wave hit the glass doors behind us. Not caring if anyone saw, I let my wings escape the confines of the human vehicle I was operating and set a protective bubble around Barry and me. A red flash, then purple tendrils of charged ether lit the night. Souls flooded the courtyard for a moment before blipping into the rift above our heads. 2,611, Barry muttered. That kind of lost. Screw protocol. I closed my eyes and moved Barry and I out of the strip with a flick of my hand. The device was buzzing like crazy. I didn't have time to use the damn thing. Mentally shooting Samson a series of images... The final being, what the fuck is going on, in big red letters. His response was classic Samson, chill out. The letters were electric blue and puffed like clouds. Barry's sniffling brought my attention back to the present. Dude, there was nothing you could do. He nodded. I know. Plost? What's going on, Jules? I don't know, but we need to get out of here. I thought about where to chill out. A vision from Samson popped into view. Nodding, I opened a gateway and dragged Barry with me. It was late. Traffic noise, a mere murmur. City lights blinking in a haze below us. I patted the lion's head as we entered the temple courtyard. It purred a greeting. Jade room, up there. I whispered, then blipped us into the secure room. Barry, maybe you should go back to HQ. There's nothing you could do. I can port him home. Barry nodded. Portis first. I don't want the poor guy to have a psychotic break. Nodding, I started to open a gate, open a way, and Barry waved a hand. Wait, quick detox. He's a teetotal imposter from Nebraska. He doesn't need to wake up stinking of bourbon and cigarettes. I shrugged and held the portal while Barry got his vehicle back into, into the condition he'd found it. Ready? I asked as I watched Barry go from looking like a worn-out drunk to slick and shiny man of God. Barry nodded glumly. Thanks. I owe you. Yep, you do. I'll be in touch. The portal seemed to swallow the guardian into nothingness. I felt him reach his destination and then sat on the temple room floor. The scent of incense and jasmine was calming to the frayed human nerves. The body, fatigued, let out a yawn. Samson sent an image of a sleeping baby tiger. I chuckled glumly and made a cozy bed using Quan Yin's lap as a pillow. 
the hard jade transformed into her soft, warm lap, and sleep overcame the vehicle. Yo, you gotta stay low-key. Samson's tone, firm and direct, roused me to sitting up. Blinking, I saw a figure of a buff, tall Asian man dressed in a Clippers jersey, Yankees ball cap, long shorts, and flip-flops. I smiled. Nice look. Way to blend in. Dude, no blending in this time. I'm in it to win it. He stood over me, arms folded. But you? <laughs> You're benched. You gotta be low-key right now. I stood up and flexed my wings, annoyed. Why? He rolled his eyes. That's not low-key. Get a wing bra if you have to. Oh, you damn well know I don't need a bra, I retorted. What's going on? Let's get tea. Samson made a green portal appear, and we stepped through to a strip mall full of Taiwanese restaurants, only the California license plates in the parking lot cluing me in that we were outside of L.A. We popped into a tea bar, ordered boba milk tea, and sat in a corner table. Samson made his voice low. Here's the deal. You're out of rotation. Why? He shrugged. Divine plan. Okay, but why? I pressed. You get a break this time. You've done well. He scanned the room. Look, just enjoy the meat suit and stay low. Are you telling me I'm supposed to be human? I leaned in to emphasize my annoyance. For right now, yes. He got up when they called our names to get the tea. Something back in my chair, I groaned. Human? What's the point? I heard that. Samson's voice interrupted my thoughts. Good. I shot the thought back with a rude gesture included. He plopped the tea on the table and sat down, expertly popping the sharp straw into the plastic film cover. I copied his movements and enjoyed the first sweet sip of boba tea. So no explanations and I can't turn the vehicle in and head back? I asked glumly. I said you're benched. I didn't say nothing about out of the game. It's worth it, trust me. Samson sat back, relaxed, sipping his tea. Fine, but you gotta know, the dragons hit Vegas last night. Samson's face grew stony and he nodded. It's why I warned you. How'd they breach the perimeter? I asked before slurping up more boba. Everyone but you was in L.A. Oh, come on. Logistics. I made a face. Samson shrugged a no-response response. So, are we all grounded? I pressed and got another shrug. Shit. I muttered, this wasn't a mistake. This is screwed up. Dude, it's divine timing. Just wait. It's, it's going to be good. Just lay low. Stay cool. I'll let you know when to jump in. For now, just have fun. He laughed at my grimace. As a human. Exactly. Corporeal beings know how to live. Live it up. Samson chuckled. Go watch a few games. Learn how to sail. Crochet beanies for kids in the ICU. Go fuck yourself. I spat. You could do that too. But you cool your jets and lay low. Just till after solstice. When's that? I can't keep this stuff straight. I, I don't come here much. Samson looked at his DLR. Six weeks. Fine. Six weeks. But one minute late, and I'm heading back to HQ. Samson's smile faded. His eyes grew dark. Don't go back. It's ugly right now. I felt the blood drain from my face. Are you saying what I think you are? He nodded slowly. I slumped forward and banged my head on the table. 
that wasn't what on the docket this decade. Things change, he shrugged. The weight of it hit me. Times were in flux. There was a war in HQ. My squad was grounded. Dragons were attacking. Anything else I'm not supposed to know? Sam Samson leaned in and whispered. It was always the plan. He tapped his index finger against his head. Things will make sense later. I shook my head. Samson, I've been in the Legion for eight millennia. Not once has a long-range strategy gone this long. Wrong. You sure? He looked rudely smug. I took a minute to recall the damned human brain making me slow. Oh, well, at one time. Mm-hmm. Samson grinned. Oh, oh. I nearly jumped out, out of the hard plastic seat. Are you for real? A do-over? Samson's cheeks formed dimples as he grinned. Lalo, have fun. And that's how I found out about the Moo Redemption Ops. If things worked out, the Earth would be a very different place. Not that the idea of being human for six weeks sounded any more appealing, but at least it made sense. So it's 2020. Um, it's kind of weird being in 2020. There's no flying cars, no Rosie the Robot. I could I could use Rosie the Robot cleaning my house. Um, writing and making time for it when you work. So I write in my day job. I write from the time I walk into the office to the minute I'm leaving. Sometimes I write afterwards for work. Um, just depends. Sometimes uh, my headquarters is in Taiwan and sometimes my coworkers need a quick fix on their copy and I'll tweak it or edit it. Um, and then I can write for me. And that's what I did this weekend because just a story had finally ripened in my imagination in the ethers and decided it wanted to be born. So I made time to write. Um, I could conceivably write after work if I felt like it. Most nights I don't. Most nights I'm just kind of chilling out and relaxing. Um, unless it's compelling. And I think that's the thing is it depends. If your passion is to be a professional novelist and that's how you make your bread and butter, um, then you need a dedicated writing time and a dedicated um, focus and what have you. If you're writing for fun and you've just got some stories you want to put out into the world, um, then don't join the crowd in beating yourself up. You know, I think I think people make it really convoluted. I think you can just love writing and when you're inspired, um, write. Now, granted, that's said to you from someone who writes every single day. I may not be writing fiction every single day, but I'm writing every single day. I don't even keep count of my word count. So if you have a job that doesn't have writing in it, like, accept emails or whatever, I would highly suggest that you make time in your day and you use it as a way um, to recreate. You know, you use it as a way to refresh and restore yourself. Then you're going to get a lot more out of it. Um, I've always had jobs where I had to write, so my writing skills have always stayed up. Um, But writing fiction is a whole nother ballgame. Nonfiction 
is fast, it's funky, it's fun. Um, writing fiction just takes a little more work for me some days. Um, it's funny because I have a great imagination. I have lots of ideas. It's just, it's something I take my time with. So I'll spend 10, 15, 20 minutes every day um, kind of playing with ideas in my head, even if I'm not writing. And then when I do have time and energy, like if my eyes aren't shot after work or what have you, then I'll write. For those of you, again, who don't write every day, well, then make time. You know, you can just use your phone, use Google Docs, you know. Um, In fact, I wrote most of the book that Richard Ryan is editing on my phone, which has led to some extremely strange grammar errors. Um, But... (laughs) different screen, different view, um, some really weird typos, but, you know, over 60,000 words got typed on my phone. That was kind of cool, but you can do that. You can take time to just sit and kind of, you know, peck out a story. So, uh, whatever you do, don't, don't get so discouraged. You don't write, you know, keep writing. And I hope to hear about your stories on Twitter. Uh, Before I end the podcast, um, just a couple of things. We're starting a YouTube channel, or I'm starting a YouTube channel called The Notebook. Um, I hope you look um, as forward to it as I do. I'll be having some really, really interesting guests on there, people from creative fields talking about um, their creative workflow, how they came up with their best ideas, just I don't know what they do when they go to the grocery store, how they, you know, do their ideas come from being in the shower, taking a drive, you know, all the fun questions. Um, it'll be an interview show. It'll be a little bit of variety on there. Um, well, I'll be playing some video games with people and, and, and having a good time. Uh, the show hopefully will start airing in February. Um, so keep your eyes peeled on my Twitter account. And, um, I hope those of you who enjoy this podcast will come over and join us on YouTube on the notebook. Um, that, that'll be a lot of fun. So, and I could use the help in the support. So thank you in advance. If you want to be a guest here on the podcast, just reach out to me in a DM. Um, sometimes I have time and sometimes I don't. Recently, I'm a little busy because doing a lot of stuff um in my job and it's a very rewarding job um so when I have time and I know exactly what my schedule will look like I'll start interviewing people again um and one last shout out again to Richard Ryan who is editing my book The Double Bubble Conjecture and I'm super excited to hopefully have it back by the end of the month yay and then I get to revise But anyway, thanks for all your support and listening in, and I will see you in the writing community.